Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another amazing guest. He is currently Skimbleshanks in the U.S. National Tour 6 of Cats, which is performing right now. So welcome, Christopher Salvaggio, and thank you for joining me. Hi, thank you for having me. I am excited to have you. I do love talking to Skimbleshanks. It's such an interesting character. Um, I love, I, I would just always, I always start, I, I always love to know for anybody that's in the show, what was your history with the show before being cast in it? <laughs> this is actually funny. I really don't have much of a history with cats at all. It wasn't, uh, something I was super familiar with. I didn't grow up a theater kid. So like a lot of theater kids grew up, they had that VHS, like the yeah. 98 version. I didn't have that. I had never seen it. I had never seen a stage production of cats either. I didn't start doing theater until later until like my middle and high school years. Um, but what I did know about it as a kid was pretty much like not even really a synopsis, but just like a name of the name of a few characters. Like I'd heard Grizabella, I'd heard Magical Mr. Mistopheles. I've these are things I've heard, but I didn't know anything about cats. My introduction was really the first time I auditioned for a production of the show, which was actually for a cruise ship production. I auditioned like right when I moved to New York, and that was the first time I had like YouTubed clips of cats and learned the songs and listened to the music and began to understand the characters a little bit more. Um, that audition did not work out for me. Yeah. When, when so was I, that audition? Let's say, I think 2018, probably. Okay. I'm trying to think, because they went from doing a full production. I'm assuming it's Royal Caribbean, because that's the only cruise ship I know that does it. Yeah. Um, they went from doing a full production to doing a 90-minute version. And yes. so was this for the 90-minute version? I do not know. Okay. <laughs> That I don't know. Okay. I don't know when they made the switch. I know they made the switch uh, at some yeah. point in the run. It's been running for like 15 years, I think, yeah, on, so forever. on the, the cruise ship. And it's still going yeah. right now. Um, okay. So you auditioned. That one didn't work out. Then you, work out. you get this audition and it does work out. And so yeah. you, what did you prep going into the audition? So this audition... Um, they sent me the material so different from the first time around i was in for uh characters that weren't like skimble like i was in for other characters 
um, this time around, they specifically sent me Skimble and they sent me like a, a packet is what we call it. So it was the Skimble Shank song, two of the ensemble numbers and three dances. So that's what I prepared. And I didn't do much research, if I'm being honest, about the show again. I really, I mean, <laughs> we get a lot of auditions and like there's always stuff going on. So it's hard to like really put all effort into every single, like the backstory and research of every single audition. I kind of do that after the additional audition will go well, which is what I did. So I learned those dances. I learned the songs. By the time I got my call back, I became an expert on Cats. And I had done more research and understood the show. So that way I could show up to my callback ready to go. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, you can't, if you're putting a lot out there on auditions, you can't be an expert on everything. You just wouldn't have enough time. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So that, so you get the show though, and you've kind of done your your research before. Tell me about what you were told. Like what, how, I know you go through your, you get the story told to you. You have your kind of like days to learn it. Like mm-hmm. what was, what were you told about Skimbleshanks? Skimbleshanks, the thing, the main thing that stuck out in my head, which is what I really like underlined when I was taking notes is that he's like the fun uncle. Everyone loves Skimble and Skimble loves everyone. Um, and uncle, I think was the most important word because he's not the dad. I'm yeah. not the one who's like actively always taking care of in a um, father sense, but an uncle, they look out for you. They're more fun, more playful. That's the one thing that really stood out to me. And also that everyone loves Skimble. Skimble loves everyone. So I took that and allowed myself to make connections with each cat on stage and form a relationship with each of them, where I think a lot of the cats don't actually have a full relationship with each other. Totally. I think there's some where there are very clear lines and there's some where there's kind of yeah. no idea. So what walk me through some of those relationships. Like how do you how do you like go through that when you're performing every day? Sure. Yeah. So the, my, my first and most important relationship I think is with the kittens and it's, it's kind of built into the show for me. So when we were staging, there's a lot of moments, Skimble's pulling away the kittens while Monk is facing head off with Grisabella. I'm taking care of Syllabub. I'm taking care of Pounceville. So a lot of that's built in, but then I let that carry through into the other moments, like in the ball, I check in on them, how they're doing, like they're trying to greet old dude. And I'm like, Oh, how's it going? Like going good. Um, did that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I'm, I'm interested in the relationships of all of the cats. Cause I think there's mm-hmm. like, if we think about the cat's family tree, there's some questions with Skimbleshanks. Like what's yeah. the relationship with um, Tugger is like, are you with Jenny any dots? Cause there's like in some productions, Jenny, they, that's a good one. They hold hands. And so like, are you yeah the uncle for all of them? There's even one rumor that Corporal Cat is your adopted son which is weird. Um, I've never heard that one. I like that. Yeah. I just think it's weird that there's adoption in, in cats to begin (laughs) with, but that's like one of the rumors I read online. So I like that. I, I, I'm always curious how much you kind of think about those things as you perform. Like obviously there's a staging piece, but which ones do you believe is truth? Jenny, Jenny is definitely my other biggest one. And that's another one that they kind of set for me that I didn't have to find. They were like, Oh, Jenny and Scandal, you guys are pals. And that was kind of the extent of what they gave us. Um, I have a really great relationship with uh, Michelle who plays Jenny. So we naturally formed a great bond and that kind of led to us believing that our characters, I think are together. Like that's my stance. I'm like Jenny and Skimble couple. That's what I, that's what I really believe. And I put that into the show. Like there are moments where we like hold paws, like one on top of the other. And we get to cuddle the whole time during Gus, the theater cat. Um, And also in a lot of those moments where I'm shooing away the kittens, she's shooing away the other kittens. We're like tag teaming, taking care of everyone. Yeah. Well, so that makes sense. So I, okay. So yeah. she's the aunt, you're the uncle. Yeah. 
And then you've got all the kittens that are your nieces and nephews. What about some yeah. of the other characters like a Mustafoli's, a Tugger, Rumple Teaser, and Mungo Jerry? Yes. You know what's so funny about Mungo and Rump is that I almost don't see them at all during the show. Like we have very, very few staged moments, which I also have to take as, oh, maybe like that relationship isn't a super important mm-hmm. one for Skimple. But I always also thought when I was developing my character that like Skimble, we all we know is type A, very on it, very regimented. Is that a word? That's yes. A word. Yes. Sorry, I do that a lot. Yeah. Um, but like, I'm like that too now. I'm very much like Skimble like that. But when I was a kid, I was not. I was more like Mungo and Rump. So I thought, hmm, maybe Skimble was the same way. So like when I was developing Skimble, I think he looks at them with like a sort of fondness as like, oh, those were the days. Like I used to be like that too, but I got it together and... Love it. So, Skimble, yeah, so you, 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 I like that you took the progression of Skimble's life. Like yeah. back in the day, he was a little bit more feisty and yeah. disorganized. And now he's like the older uncle that keeps everything on top. Yeah. I like to think he learned how to harness that energy. Like he had that chaotic energy and he turned it into now he's like a workaholic. Yeah. Right? That's what I, that's so that's what I think of Mungo and Rump. So I obviously am disciplining them throughout the show. Like always, like, come on, like, we're, we're doing a thing here, um, trying to get them back on track. But, like, I also think that I look at them like, oh, like, they're a little, they're younger and they're having fun. And that's what I used to be like. They'll figure it out. Yeah. What about the relationship with Old Deuteronomy? Old Deuteronomy. I, I mean, I think I have a pretty similar relationship. I think I know him better than the rest of the kittens or the, the kittens and, like, most of the other adult cats. Like, I believe my relationship with him might be stronger. But I think that's also a Skimbleshanks trait. Like, he is very about himself. <laughs> So like of course I think that my sorry I think that my relationship is great and I, I yeah Chris thinks that and Skimbleshanks thinks that okay uh, I admire him I look up to him and I think my version of Skimble also kind of hopes to take over one day if that's a thing okay but it's not obvious okay um so I think that's a, a really interesting point about you wanting to take over because I think one of the questions that I always had with Skimbleshanks is is Skimbleshanks even in the running for the heavyside layer? I have two answers to that. The first question is, or the first answer is Skimbleshanks definitely thinks he is. Okay. Like Skimbleshanks thinks he's number one choice. Like he thinks he's it, but that's also a part of the Skimble, like constantly kind of thinking about himself, not in a selfish kind of way, but in a pride, prideful kind of way. Like if someone's going to be the most like elite ready to go, it's going to be him. Like that's what he believes. But also in that same kind of prideful attitude, like if someone's going to take over, who else is it going to be? Skimble. So like I, I myself as Skimble thinks of himself as, he's just very proud of him. And he thinks he can do anything he sets his mind to, if that makes sense. So you're, yeah, you kind of have this like internal dilemma of, yes, I should be in charge, but also I should be the choice. Right. And for me, it all comes from like, he's self-regarding, very, um, not into himself, but <clears throat> but yeah, is into himself. He knows he's good at what he does and can do it. Yeah, is that, that clear? Yeah, I mean, I, I struggle with this one because I always thought when you look at everyone making their case for why mm-hmm. they should be the choice, I didn't get Skimble's song to be nearly as much of that. As much more of like, yes, look, here's how like like look how great I am and look how important I am, but not like here's why you should pick me. Except right. for there's one piece in there where 
it looks like it's he's handing a rat, I think, to old Deuteronomy. And I kind of joked, I thought he was bribing him. Like, hey, here's why mm-hmm. you, like here's my bribe, why you should pick me. But I also realized mm-hmm. that when he changed his clothes, I thought he was just taking his pants off in front of all the kittens, which I thought was really weird. <laughs> sure. That I guess that is weird. Yeah, I do agree. As not, not this is Chris, not Skimble speaking. Um, I, and yeah, as far as the number goes, he's not exactly pleading his case exactly, but maybe in his way he is. Like, like I think he's just telling his story, which he thinks everyone is going to find to be incredible. Yeah, it is a it is a pretty cool number. There's a lot <laughs> going on. Yeah, building a train. Do you? Um, I think like I'm assuming because I know every stage and every production is probably slightly different with the tour because you've got different mm-hmm. amounts of space. But I'm assuming you build the train every single time. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, I think the numbers really is really unique. And so I do like, how do you like, I know you auditioned and prepped for kind of like the dance number and obviously probably the tapping that kind of goes with it. But how much of like the rest of the show, like the ball and all these other things, like how much did you, when you did your research before your callback, kind of go in and understand, like, did you realize the ball was an orgy? Because I definitely didn't pick that up until later. Okay. No, 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 I did not. And I've, I've listened to your podcast before, so I've heard explanations and theories and such. And obviously we kind of don't really touch on that when we <laughs> learn about the show, but um, it's implied. And like, once you hear the, once you hear the analysis, you get it. But no, I had no idea. I'm a very um, naive mind also like me personally so like i wasn't going to pick up on that on my own yeah i me i didn't either i'm granted i've not (laughs) the show nearly as much as as this podcast would lend people to believe um but it it is kind of wild to me of how sexual and over the top some of the show is in a show that's Mm -hmm. almost produced for kids at points literally four children yes and so i do think it's kind of a strange thing do you catch that like do you think audience know that like i think the part the cool part about the tour is is that you get to get a very different experience versus being in one's place for you know two years like you're going for three or four days or a week or even sometimes shorter like you get a very different reaction i think so Mm -hmm. do you notice that tour crowds kind of react differently are people picking up on any of these things or is it just like a first time for the most part seeing it I would probably say that they're not picking up on most of the things, if I'm being honest. I, I mean, I, when I have people come see the show, which I do pretty often, um, most of them unfamiliar with cats will have the talk like, oh, like what happened? Like, what did you see? And they'll be like, dancing. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like, okay, good. Okay. You know what? Round one watch. That's the way I, you should. I accept that and exactly enjoy it for what it is. Um, so, but no, I don't know. How much do you really prep people? when they come see it? Do you give them like a heads up or a rundown? Uh, If I talk to them before they come, I ask what they want. But if it's up to me, I say like, just watch. I want, cause I I get enjoyment out of seeing what they understand and what they pick up on. And nine times out of 10, it's not, no, I don't like giving them a heads up. I mean, I tell them like when I come when I come out on stage and what I sing and then when my number is, but as far as the plot and what's going on, I don't tell them anything. (laughs) If someone asks you after seeing it, mm-hmm. what did I just witness? What would your answer mm-hmm. be? That's almost the same question as kind of what's the show's about. Um, I always just think of it as like, it's a story about a community and redemption for someone who um, had to leave or left the community. Um, in, in short, that's what I answer. It's just, it's about our tribe of special 
individual unique cats. So it's essentially and their tradition, t- their ritual. Yeah, it's basically reality TV. Yeah, you're watching, my favorite. You're watching reality TV. Oh, okay. Wait. So what's okay now? Then this is a great question. What's your favorite reality TV show right now? Oh my goodness! Literally, all I watch is reality TV, so I don't even know where to start. But my favorite reality TV show of all time, I'm sorry. Actually, no, I'm not sorry. Is Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Um, but right now I'm obsessed with Housewives, <laughs> like okay. Real Housewives. But I also like I'm obsessed with competition shows. Every summer I watch Big Brother. I love American Idol type shows. Like I just I love reality TV. So I am convinced and a lot of this podcast started because I thought I was watching a reality TV show, a weird, yeah. weird cat version of the X yes. Factor. Sure. And so I was like, that's how this came. But I want to do two things. So one is I'm not I'm not enough up with the housewives to be able to do this, but I do love <laughs> I could probably do this with you with the Kardashians. Let's pick which cat would be which Kardashian. Oh my gosh, this is a dream come true. So I'm sure you've thought about this probably more than I have, but let's start with Kim. Okay, Kim. Kim, if I can kind of tweak the characters a little bit, is the Grizabella, but in her prime. So okay. when Grizabella was yeah. the glamour cat, that is Kim. You know why this, I, I like totally agree with that one is because I've always thought that Grizabella in her prime when she left the tribe is probably the sex tape type of like scenario. Which sure. is yes. that era of Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about uh, Chloe? Chloe. So Chloe, I'm going to talk this out because I actually haven't thought about this before in my life. Chloe is the funny one. She is an uplifter. But she also takes care of people. So I guess I think I would say that Chloe might be Jenny any dots. That seems right. Kind of motherly because we know that's not Chris. Yeah. Um, right. So I okay, and then but where would you put Courtney then? Courtney is a little darker, a little a little um, cheekier. I would say Courtney's personality. Let me think of all these cats. Honestly, wait. There's old Courtney who would remind me a little bit more of Rump, a little um, okay, like that, a little sassy-ish. But then there's new Courtney who um, reminds me of Cassandra. New That's- Courtney keeps to herself she kind of alienates she's calm yeah. she's always watching that's courtney these days that was what i was thinking was cassandra just yeah. kind of like um you know like around mm-hmm. very yeah very much there knows all a little bit in a way a little more mysterious yeah okay um let's keep doing the the daughters kylie kylie sweet kylie we love kylie kylie is kylie is a leo just like me which is why i love her so which cats do I really think fit that? And also she's like stunning. Who could that be? I, Kylie. I have my I have my thought, but Okay, who do you think? I think it's Bomb Ballerina. Yes. Yes. I Just see that. Very That's much good. like, you know, mm-hmm. little diva-ish, but not too much. I been agree. through some stuff. Yes. Um and I think That's good. And then Kendall, that's where I put Kendall is Demeter potentially, but I I still think one of them has to be Victoria potentially. Yeah, which one would have the Victoria equality? I mean, if we're talking like, if we put Grizz back in um, busted Grizz like she is in our show, then I would say Kim is Victoria. Yeah, if she's not the glamour. Yeah, I I like I love that Kylie and Kendall as Bomb and Demeter. What about Chris? That's good. Chris has to be old Deuteronomy. Yeah, right? right. Orchestrating everything. Yeah, she's she's part old Deuteronomy and part monk, because monk is also monk tells the story, and this is Chris Jenner's story to tell. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. 
half and half. I think we'll I think we'll end we'll end with them. We're not going to pull in any other Kardashians or that was their, so much fun. Their or the other people around their business. Like we're <laughs> not going to touch Kanye or anybody here. Oh no. Um, okay. We're going to take a quick break for some messages from our sponsors, and then we'll be back for more of The Wrong Cat Died. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's let's keep going. Um, I want to hear a little bit about you have done an amazing job with TikTok and like bringing in the cat's world to that. So how did you kind of get started with that? How did you like take off with this? So how did I get started with just TikTok or like doing it as in cat? A little bit of, I'm assuming those kind of are related, isn't it? Sure. I mean, I started TikTok like during the peak of the pandemic as something to do. Like I wasn't working and I was home and I was bored and excuse me, it was fun to do. Um, But when I got to cats, I, I had never seen people really, I guess I had never used TikTok at the time when shows were opening, when shows were um, performing, because I started using TikTok March of 2020. So there was no show. So I was like, how fun would it be to be in costume and do that? And then as other shows had come back, I'd seen other people had been doing that too. So um, I just kind of found what fit for me. And I I really like doing the cat transition videos and just like doing the fun dances in cat are enjoyable to me i don't really do it for like views or anything like that because i don't i don't i don't TikTok like that anymore but i think it's just fun and i like <laughs> when our fans get to see it and they're like oh we saw you last week in this city you were so like they just get excited to see us in cat as opposed to in person yeah it's super authentic which is i think what you just said is you're not doing it for views or for any like influencing type of need it's it's because yeah. you enjoy it and you can see that you can feel that it's like it's fun it's everyone's having a good time so um, i just it is also it's a great point about them being like being in character mm-hmm. cats is such a unique one for that because it is so like the costumes are so elaborate and so unique and yeah. different that the transition videos and some of those things are like really really fun and then the dancing's pretty fun too because you you still kind of do them in the cat movement yeah which is not something that most people do like yes. <laughs> for for a while. It's so funny. Like you put on that unitard and you're like, you're, you get a soft paw, your hand goes down. Like you kind of sit in your hip. Like, it's just so funny. It's just, you're, you're a cat. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Like, is it only when you're in costume or is it transitioned to other parts of your life? No, my goodness. It has transitioned to other parts of all of our lives. We like walk <laughs> around with soft paws and like, as and I, I don't know if it's as a joke, but like, we'll greet each other like that sometimes too. It's like, I don't know, well, maybe we'll get rid of it someday. Love it. Okay. My last tour question, then we're going to go to some of the rapid fires. I always love to hear um, 
where and we don't have to throw necessarily cities under the bus but where's been a like a really fun place to stop that you weren't expecting so my favorite city that i had no idea that i was going to love as much as i did was spokane washington okay what about it was it like good crowds good fans or just a cool place yeah the, the crowds were good but it was like mostly the city like i i had no expectations which was the problem with some of the other places that we went on tours. I had big expectations. Hmm. I had no expectations for Spokane and it was right at the top of fall. The leaves were falling and changing colors and they had so many cute coffee shops and the weather was nice and the vibes were good. And I love a bakery and they had so many cute bakeries. Um, it was just like a cute, small city. It was really nice to Okay. Us. Now I love, I, this is a dangerous question. So if we edit it out, we can edit it out. <laughs> What's the place that you've completely disliked? <sighs> there was a few. And it's and I will say, I should preface this. It's not that I disliked the city. It's just that I think while being there, being there while working is a completely different experience. Totally. And so like I didn't love being in Vegas while we had to work. Ah, interesting. I didn't, I didn't love being in New Orleans while we had to work. There's not enough time <laughs> and energy to give off to like really indulge and enjoy those cities yeah that's that's fair because that's i was waiting for you to say i'm from the midwest so usually people throw one of our cities under the bus but that makes a lot of sense that it's like it's a city that's really fun that you just don't have the the bandwidth to do because you're you know doing an exhausting show every night yeah needing the rest and come back yeah that's crazy that's, that's the hard thing about working in general and then also with cats like you can't go out there and do a show with any less than most of your energy yeah that's just the nature of our show yeah it is a the athleticism it takes to get through like the ball or just Mm -hmm. in general the show is wild it's absolutely wild it is um okay let's transition to some rapid fire questions so um if you could be any other cat for one day forgetting any like vocal range dance ability whatever it is just if you could just be anybody who would you want to perform as for one day great grizabella grace you just want to go belt yep. one day yep love Hands it down. okay that's not good for my last thing here though um who are your favorite and least favorite cats um as far as chris like watching the show yes and not yeah okay. not skimble shanks you as a, yeah. a person watching it and not character not actor i like yeah character i like um jenny any dots I like Misto, and I've grown to really like Bomb and Demeter, too. Okay. What about least favorite? The least favorite cat? Like, I, I don't... <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody. I don't love the Mungo and Rump number. Interesting. I, I just don't love that one, which I feel like is a favorite, but it's not my favorite. I've always wondered if it's a favorite or if it's one that gets stuck in people's heads because it's very yeah. like repetitive and catchy it is i mean it gets stuck in our heads all the time so yeah that could be it. yeah yeah so th- that's that might be it because that was when i walked out of the first time i saw it that was the one i was mm-hmm. stuck in my head and mm-hmm. as i've <laughs> seen and listened to more it's like all right that's not necessarily my favorite mccavity is probably my favorite yeah. um mccavity's good but it's a it's a unique one and it's like you can't forget it and it's also one of the few times where in the show, it's it always feels like a sensory overload. And mm-hmm. that number doesn't feel like a sensory overload because it's just the two of them. And so yes. it's a little bit easier to kind of process what's happening at that moment. Yeah. And it sticks out. It's like one of the very few numbers where it's just two people just on the, the stage. There's no one else. Yeah. So it yeah. sticks out. The rest of us pretty much have ensemble numbers. Yeah. What about favorite song? <laughs> My favorite song outside of 
Skimbleshanks because I'm biased is definitely memory. I love that song. I always have. Uh, this is this is not looking well for my very last question here. I think Uh-oh. I think we're gonna get a Grizz defense here. Um, okay, before we get to that, oh, you might not. You might not. Oh, get into okay. That. I love this. Um, okay, so my last question before we get to that question is, if one of the cats was to become a TikTok star, which cat do you think would be the TikTok star? Oh, which cat would be a TikTok star? Okay, well, Tugger would definitely be a TikTok star. Tugger knows how to grab an audience. And that's yep. the number one thing. Getting views on TikTok is you have to catch their attention. And I'd say out of all the cats, Tugger is the best at grabbing attention. Yeah. Misto, I think, too. He's flashy. He's cute. Like, people would like him. I'd go with those two. Yeah. I think I've, I've spent more time thinking about this than I should. There's, <laughs> there's those two. I think Bomb and Victoria would be the one creating a bunch of dances. Sure. Yes. And then I think there's a world where Buster for Jones is a, a TikTok influencer with like cooking or something. Oh, I see it. I totally see it. There are those lifestyle yeah. TikTokers that like you just kind of want their life. Yeah. He'd be niche. And that's Bustafer. He'd be niche. Yeah. Like he'd have a he'd have oh, a very would, core demographic that he'd be going after. I would follow that. But I would that's, follow that. Page. That's the that's my wild card pick there. <laughs> um okay. My final question, the million dollar question, which we will spend some time on here is I don't think Grizabella is the right Jellicle choice. And so mm-hmm. I would love to hear from you, Chris, mm-hmm. maybe Skimble. Who do you think is the right Jellicle choice? And what is your defense for them? I have two answers to this question. Okay. First off, I will say I don't, Chris, watching the show, outside of being in it, I don't. I would not have picked Grizabella. I completely agree with you. Amazing. The wrong cat, the wrong cat died, period. Um, but... I have an answer that I would have picked if I had just been an audience member of the show okay. and not in it. And that would be Gus. So team Gus. Like yep. completely separate from me being in the show and knowing what I know about the show. And I would like, just as an audience member going in blind, watching the show, I would probably say Gus should have been picked. And what's your reason for Gus? Almost in the same way as Grizabella. He looks like he needs it. Yeah. <laughs> like he's just so old and He's suffering from palsy and he's so sweet and it's just his, his time. No more suffering for him. Yeah. So it's the criteria is need and worthiness. Right. And, and that's this answer. It's about need. Yes. Okay. I have an answer of who I think is the most worthy. Okay. And who should have been picked in reality now that I know all about the show. And that would be Skimbleshanks. Okay. I love it. He is, he is the hardest worker up there. He's behind the scenes. He's taking care of people. He makes... I think Skimbleshanks is the tribe. I think he makes it go round. So here's a counter debate to that, which I think is interesting, <laughs> is because I do think it's like that's the same argument for Jenny. Is sure. Skimble and Jenny are like they're there. The yes. uh, the counter argument <laughs> is that if they leave, then who's stepping up and taking over to do that? Like the tribe survive if they don't if they're not there to kind of keep stuff in order. That's a great question. Could the tribe survive without Skimbleshanks? And yeah, I like, don't know. The, literally, the trains will literally go off the tracks if you're not I there. Know. I know. Someone's got to be learning that. Yeah. Someone's got to be ready because Skimble deserves his moment. Like that day will come. So I totally agree. I think that's what makes Skimble and Jenny interesting is that is they make a clear picture that Old Deuteronomy has a successor of Monkey yes. Trap. Yes. And it's clear that there's like Demeter and Bomb are sister. You know, it's like there's a couple other people that they're together. And it's like you could say they're part of their. The harder part, I think, is with Skimble. It's like if you leave, 
there is no backup person to kind of come and take over with the trains. If Jenny leaves, there's nobody there to kind of like teach the cockroaches and mice or whatever else to go. It's like, it's a very specific job. And so it doesn't, the show doesn't do a good enough job for me giving the, okay, they're ready to go to pick them. Right. I, you know what, hearing that, I do agree that the tribe may not be ready for them to go, but the question is, are they still worthy? Should they still get to go? Like, do they, is that their also responsibility just to wait until someone steps up to the plate? It's a good, that is a very fair point. Like it's still, they still are the most deserving in your eyes. Yeah, they've put in their time. They've yeah, done the so, job. So they, they, they don't need to worry about it. They're leaving anyways. It's somebody else's <laughs> problem. I kind of love true. that. Hey, here, you get to clean up the mess. Okay. So if you were to rank, well, let's go back a different, let's, let's take this question back a step. If you're old Deuteronomy, mm-hmm. you've just given two very different criteria with two very different answers. Yeah. How is he picking? Like, what is his decision every year? That is a great question. I think, I mean, we, we know what happens, so we clearly know what his criteria is. Yeah. But I well, think... Well, we assume that it's redemption. Yeah. The, yeah. I think what I, what, I, what I see in Old Deuteronomy that makes this show what it is is his heart. And so I think he really decides what's going to be best for the tribe this time around. And obviously what's going to teach everyone a lesson. That's his job is he is bestowing wisdom upon us. So I, I think that's how he makes his decision. How can we all learn and grow? Does that make sense? It does. I, I, it, I've heard this a lot of like, it's a, it's, he's got to teach a lesson. I've heard that he might not have made his decision or he actually had probably had a different decision made when then Grizabella comes back and that's where he oh, realizes he did. a he, lesson. He had a different decision made. That's what I, I'm playing that every night. Yeah. That he was, that it was probably <laughs> Gus and then Grizabella comes no, back. I'm, Oh, Every that's night you. I'm playing that it's me. I, when we crawl into old dude for him to make his choice, and I'm brushing off my vest, I'm ready to stand up and say thank you, and then dun dun dun. I okay, I love that. So you're like, <laughs> I, you're the first act. You're ready to go. It's like it's. I'm, there's no doubt. It's you, and you're playing yeah, that every night. Up. And then yeah. all of a sudden, Grisabella comes in and ruins your time. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay, I, the challenge I run into with this show, <laughs> and why I've debated this for so long, is, is that we only get one ball. We get 41 years of one ball, but we only get Mm -hmm. one ball, which means Mm -hmm. that I don't know last year's criteria or choice. I think you're one of your uh, other castmates assumes that they were the choice that Victoria was last year's choice. And that's why they're being the, the, you know, in this year. Um, Mm -hmm. I I don't know next year's choice. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's really hard to identify his criteria. And I think that's a a gripe of mine with good old Deuteronomy is that like, Mm -hmm. I don't think he has any idea what he's doing. And I think he's just kind of <laughs> winging it. And I think that that's why he's making the wrong decision here. And it's time for him sure. to go. Yeah. I mean, that's the case a lot of the time. Like we think these people know exactly what they're thinking and what they're doing. And they, <laughs> they're just, they're winging it just like the rest of yeah, us. It's, yeah. So I, I hear that. Okay. So I love, I, I hadn't thought about that way. So you, do you think any other cast members, not cast members, characters, like, p- but mm-hmm. play that same thing of like, do you think like a um, let's take Gus is like oh, I'm getting picked now, and then old dude Ronnie comes back, and that's why you all hate her is because you realize that that ruins your chance. You know, I actually don't think anyone else is playing that angle in that moment. They could be. I'm honestly too busy brushing myself off, like ready yeah. to win. 
to even notice. I I mean that feels very skimbo. Like you're in your world. It's like this is my yeah. this is me. Like I'm definitely the pick. And then yeah. it goes okay. I so do you is there a, do you have a baby grizz in the first number we on do. tour? Do you yes. have any like do you show any animosity to baby grizz in that no, first none. number? No. Should you though? Should we? That's a great question. I don't think so. I think for me or my understanding of that is that is baby grizz and baby grizz was a different had a different relationship than this grizz does. Uh see I always thought baby grizz was like the reincarnation of that grizz. And so Ooh. It's like the, you know, the foreshadowing of the decision. Yeah. And so if that's the case, then I think you should be like angrily dancing around her. Maybe I should. We have a moment. So maybe today that will happen organically. That's, that's my, that has been my goal from day one of this podcast <laughs> is to influence how people perform in this show live <laughs> by giving different scenarios <laughs> that are plausible, but not like clearly stated. Totally. So I love no, you're going to have to let me know sense. when you play it tonight and you go in and you like hiss at baby Grizz because <laughs> she's going to steal your thunder in an hour. Oh, man. It let hurts me know how night. that goes. Let me know how that goes. Okay. Um, I love it. Uh, this has been fun. I have, there's a lot of things I hadn't thought about. Like I, I always thought Skimba was in the running, but I never really knew where to place him because it also feels like he's in the tribe, but also by taking the train every day, not fully in the tribe. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, is he even eligible? That was always my question is, is he even an eligible cat for the heavy side layer? And your answer is like, of course he is. He was the choice until Grizz came back and ruined it. You know, good old Kim Kardashian came back and Ugh. stole the thunder. It's always me versus Kim Kardashian and Kim always wins. Yeah, story, story of everyone's <laughs> life, right? <laughs> uh, yeah amazing um what what haven't i asked you about the show you're doing it every night like what what else what have we covered today that you were like oh my god i can't believe we didn't talk about this what haven't we talked about what did you tell me your choice i want what who's your choice at the end i think the logical answer for me as i've done 70 plus episodes of this has turned into gus sure the very first time i watched it i watched leona lewis and i thought i was watching a weird x factor (laughs) <laughs> and so in the X Factor, they always have a history of combining characters into, or characters, combining singers into yeah, groups, groups, One Direction, right. Fifth Harmonies of the World. So I wanted to send um, Tugophiles together, Tugstophiles, Misto oh. and Tugger together. That's cute. That was like, that when you saw the show, like you left and said, hmm, that was like your initial thought. I don't think I put like any thought into it at first. <laughs> um, I walked out like most of your friends who go see it was just like, huh, that was an experience. <laughs> Uh, and then it was, I kind of, I saw it again and then I made a joke about it one time. And then when the 2019 movie came out, uh, Mm -hmm. the trailer came out for that. That's when I made the joke that Grizabelle was the wrong choice and said, put the picture with that and said, welcome to my Ted talk. (laughs) And that is how this whole podcast started. And then I was like, okay, well, here would be my answer to that question. And it was Tugophiles, Tugsophiles, depending on which version. I've I've said both. Um, I like that. I think it's, yeah, a little Bert and Ernie going up together. There's all the fan fiction is written about the two of them. Like, they're, they're a unit together to me. Um, it's so funny because doing the show, I never really <laughs> thought of that. Like, I've seen it on the internet and, like, Zach Bravo, who played Tugger originally for us, like was really into that. And like, that's something he played into on his social media too. Um, but it's not something that I want, like being a part of the show. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a, I, that's a duo. The only, I, I don't see that. The only thing is, is um, they kind of like introduce each other a little bit. Like I think, was it Tugger introduces Mustafa in the beginning of the song? 
there's like yeah. some version of that. And then there's a little bit of an annoyance in one of the songs that's like, ugh, them again. So I think there's that type of like, they have an, a couple moments that people can like yeah. lean in on. And sure. then people have run with that. And they have like <laughs> run with that. Because if you read the fan fiction, like it is aggressive. Yeah. And they run, and the pictures are aggressive. Yeah. I've seen a lot of the fan fiction. Very fun. Yeah. Very. I love, I do love that. Like that's something special about the show is that people take it and run. I, the fans are passionate and yes. have a good time with it. Have found, I think, you know, as I've, I've interviewed a few super fans and the thing I kind of have noticed with everybody is, and, and this is true for, for everybody, not just the super fans, but there's probably one cat that you can relate to. Like there's some mm-hmm. personality trait of you in one of the characters. And so it gives you like, it relates to so many different people, depending where you are, yeah. what's going on. And that's, what's unique about it is it takes you out of this kind of like current world into this, like very strange, but creative and fun and unique world. And you've got somebody that you could say, I kind of feel like that's me. That's my, that's my cat. And so I think yeah. people like that. It's definitely special. Well, this has been super fun. Uh, a couple of things. I, I love that we got to do the Kardashians too. I always love when we can compare cats to other <laughs> other people. Um, how can we stay in touch with you on social media um, and everything else you got going on? Totally. All my social medias, my Instagram, my TikTok, my Twitter are all at Salvaggio underscore Chris. And I also have a YouTube channel, which is called According to Chris. If you look up Chris Salvaggio, you'll find it. I do a lot of vlogging here on tour. It's a lot of fun. You want to keep up. Awesome. Well, we'll link all that as well. Um, so everyone can see it in the description and get right to it. And you can see all the fun TikTok dances and yeah. the vlogs and everything else that's going on. I also have to say before I, before we go is that I love the Michael Jordan painting behind you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big basketball fan. Surprise. Um, I, yeah. Well, I, I well, love it. I, I have mostly sports behind me. Um, and so it's always a unique thing for uh, the people whenever I talk about cats, because yeah. I've got pure sports. I mean, I've got Jordan and I've got Jack, the golfer. And mm-hmm. then this, uh, I'm not doing a good job pointing here. This is a <laughs> quilt that is all Indiana Pacers t-shirts. Oh. So I also have that basketball. And then I think that's it near. I used to have a <laughs> pillow. Oh, I think I still have a pillow. Maybe if I move. I have an I Indiana Pacers t- uh, pillow and a Google pillow. I love that. So yes, uh, those are my, my behind. You're also in currently in Milwaukee when we're recording this with yes. game seven of that team playing basketball. Yes. The bucks with, we, they had a game the other night and they downtown played, was packed. It was packed and they lost. So it was not as uh, eventful. It would have been a pretty wild experience had they won there in that game, but yeah. they also play today while we're recording this, it will come out later. So, um, cool. yeah, well, this was amazing. So thank you for being an amazing guest. Yay. Thank you for having me. This was fun. And thanks everyone else for listening to this episode of The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cast catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wrong Cat Died, or check out our website, thewrongcatdied.com.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.